Hey, Pillow Talk Pod Squad. It's your girl, Simone, and you're now tuned in to episode 304 of season three of Bonnets and Durags, a Pillow Talk podcast. If you tuned into the last episode or other previous episodes, welcome back and thank you for listening. Shout out to the amazing Devon Franklin for being on that last episode. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Let me tell you a little bit about what we do here. Bonnets and Durags, a Pillow Talk podcast, was made for us to have open and intimate conversations with millennials of color. From relationships and dating to career and counseling, we cover the most important topics affecting us in our everyday lives. I've had so many great conversations with even greater people. But speaking of great people, I decided to gather around some of the most creatively talented and intellectual people I know. Today, we'll be diving into the topic of freelancing versus corporate work. Balance is important, but having a sustainable lifestyle in a big city like New York City is even more important. I brought in several of my friends who have experiences in both sectors. We're here to dive into the reality of what our work looks like for us, how we've been able to keep our head above water, and finding the right people and projects to float along with. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Vines and Durags podcast. Today's episode is so special to me. We're talking about freelancing versus nine to fives. And I have four amazing guests sitting alongside me who are ready to speak about their experiences working as freelancers, working in corporate, and all of the challenges and the rewards that come along with the lifestyle. So welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. Of course. I'm so happy to have you today. So I never want my guests to feel like I'm telling their story for them. So if you can just go around the table and introduce yourself, tell us who you are, where you're from, what work you do, and where people can find you. Mm. Um, I can start. My name is Paula Nagan. I'm from Sedona, Arizona. Um, I don't meet a lot of people here from Arizona. (laughs) Um, I am currently the publicist at People Magazine, and I've been in the city for about two years. Um, Hi, I'm Tequila. Um, I'm a publicist. I have my own agency, Tequila White PR, um, from the Bronx, Mm. (laughs) and I'm excited to talk with you guys. Nice. Big up. Uh, What's going on, people? I go by the name of Temp, also known as Templeton. I work as a freelance production assistant. Um, Most of my clients include Viacom, so that's MTV, BET, VH1, uh, Condé Nast, CBS, NBC, and a bunch of other um, networks. Um, Also work as a freelance audio engineer from Brooklyn, New York. Hey guys, I'm Natasha Abelard. I'm originally from Brooklyn. I moved a couple times, came back permanently in 2015 to finish my degree at NYU. Mm. Um, Right now I'm a freelancer as well. I'm a digital producer and host. Uh, You can catch some of my work on AOL, MSN, USA Today. I also executive produce and write an animation series titled Shares. It's a finance series dedicated to helping millennials make money work for them. Mm. Yes. Nice. Yes. Got it. Got it. such good <laughs> guests today. I'm so excited. <laughs> so yeah. So let's just get right into it. So mm-hmm. for all of my freelancers in the room, why did y'all decide to go this route? Like, what were some of your fears doing this transition? What made you switch? Like, give us all of the team. Mm. Well, nine to five to me, uh, it just doesn't really suit like the kind of work that I like to do. Um, I kind of like doing different things every day. So freelance kind of like resonated with me a lot more. Um, I don't like set schedules. I like being my own boss. I like, like, again, like getting my hands in multiple pots. Um, 
most of my nine to five experiences, they want you to stick to like one job and they want you to do that to the death. And that just didn't work for me. So that's why I stuck to freelance or I gravitated towards freelance. Okay. Um, I just say it was out of necessity. It wasn't really a conscious choice. It wasn't like, oh, I don't want to work for an awesome company. It was just like, I'm not going to wait for an awesome company to come to me. I'm going to kind of figure it out on my own and then I'll be ready when they're ready. And then it just so happened that I just got comfortable doing it by myself. And I was just like, I kind of don't need them. So it was more so now I know I provide value so I can come on board for specific projects, but I don't necessarily need to be there full time. Mm -hmm. So for me, I actually didn't choose it. It just kind of happened. It so happened when I was leaving NYU, I went there for multimedia journalism. A lot of media jobs you'll find, they always will hire you as a freelancer first. Mm -hmm. So that's how I ended up freelancing at multiple places. And I ended up liking it because like, I'm a wing it girl. Like I just mm-hmm. kind of like wing things. And so it just so happened that I ended up liking it. And so mm-hmm. I would find myself freelancing at multiple places in like Templeton. I enjoyed having, you know, the flexibility to kind of do what I want and also being able to just do different things. I, w- I knew that every day would look different as a freelancer in comparison to just staying at one company or one job. Mm-hmm. Right here with you. Mm-hmm. So do y'all like that contract based work? Do you enjoy that or do you want something that's a little more stable or do you like love the freedom? Mm. (laughs) Um, I'd say for me, it's kind of different because I run an agency, so I'm not necessarily always looking for people to contract me. It's more so looking for clients to retain me, Mm. but I also um, can work with outside companies for specific projects or if they need press for an event, I can do that too. So I like, having the balance of having my clients that I work with month after month that I build relationships with, but then also able to hop in on fun projects that are just like, we're working on something for two months and we want to have you do it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like that feeling of having this kind of stability of knowing like I can build with the client and we can work together to really create a campaign. And then also just saying, I would never want to work here every day, but what you're doing is really cool and I get to work on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree with that a lot. Um, The thing about working uh, freelance and doing contract work is that it's not that you're just working for multiple people over the course of um, course of a couple of years or however long you're in the industry. So you tend to have those people who really like you and really resonate with you. Like I said earlier, like, I work with Viacom a lot throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work with Kanye Nass a lot throughout the year. Like all the other companies that I work with, it's kind of went off, but you definitely start developing relationships with people. So that, that kind of takes away from the fear of not having consistent work is being able to build those relationships with people. And um, to answer your question, Simone, I actually, I, pr- I love the contracted work. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, again, feeling like I want to be my own boss. I love setting my own schedule. And I get to choose the people who I work around. You know, if I don't want to be in this in this field right now, like say, like right now, uh, I do both um, audio and I also do um, production for um, TV and film. So I'm more on the TV and film side now where I have a choice where I don't want to take audio jobs because I really want to get more into production and see where I really want to go. So I, I might not have that flexibility if I were to do like a nine to five thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I think it depends on the day you ask. Me, <laughs> because on one end, I love freelancing because, again, I love the flexibility. I love the ability to do different things. But then on the other end, it's like all your money is coming from different places. You don't always know how much you're making each month. So mm-hmm. you have to always kind of budget just in case 
you don't make the amount you were expecting. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I know for me, it's like, (laughs) I know like when I first started freelancing, when I was getting hit, one, like I didn't realize that some places do not take taxes out for you. So you have to take Mm -hmm. that out yourself. I learned that lesson the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that was a struggle. Then sometimes you, you mess around and you don't even realize, oh, wait, I only have just enough for my rent. Like stuff like that will make you be like, you know what? Let me go look for a full-time job. Like, <laughs> but um, in the end, I'm still a freelancer, so I guess it's not that bad, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you touched on something that I definitely wanted to touch on um, in this episode with finances and budgeting and taxes. Like, We're going to get into that. But okay. before we get into that, I want to um, turn it over to the corporate employees in the room. Paula and I. So, Paula, mm-hmm. maybe you can tell me what your work environment is like. Yeah, so I think that I'm a little bit different from a lot of the people that I meet here just because I think millennials feel really emboldened and empowered in a way that hasn't existed before where we recognize that sometimes your company is never going to value you the same way that you deserve or feel like you deserve to be valued. Mm -hmm. And I 100% recognize that and applaud people who can go off on their own and do that kind of thing. I just know for me, I was kind of raised to be successful within the structure of something else. And so for me, it's like, okay, you're gonna, you know, work hard, get a good job, you know, work your way up the corporate ladder. If it is working for the man, hopefully eventually you get to be the CCO or something. Mm -hmm. But I've always felt super comfortable working within the walls of something that is already established and recognized. And that's just what's comfortable for me. So I know that I can go to work every day and have things that I can be doing. I know that I'm gonna go and love my job. And that was something that was super important for me. I wouldn't take a job and work nine to five if I didn't feel like it was completely satisfying and fulfilling me. And maybe that's a rarity on my side because I love working at people. I love the people that I work with. And so I don't ever wanna get comfortable, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, there's not this fire under me to like, hustle to do something else mm-hmm. and maybe that's my bad but that's just how like my brain works it's mm-hmm. just okay well I know I'm getting paid every two weeks <laughs> I know I'm gonna be able to pay my bills I'm not the best with money so I don't know if I could just like hold on to the next check unless I knew it was coming I'm mm-hmm. still working on that part of adulthood <laughs> but it's nice to know if I kind of mess it up a little bit that in two weeks I'm gonna get paid again yeah, yeah. so do you think you aren't interested in having a side hustle just because like you don't want you don't have the time for it or you don't have the resources or maybe the creativity like is or is it just one thing where you're just like you know what I'm just completely not even interested at all like so being around so many people here in New York especially who do have nine to fives but then continue on with side hustles and side projects and things that they're passionate about really made me feel like okay I need to do this too and I've actually talked to tequila about this Mm -hmm. um before feeling like, well, what else is my life if not people? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be defined as my company because that's not going to last forever. Um, But I think a fear of mine too, aside from not having time, because when I get home from work, I'm just tired. I want to drink a (laughs) glass of wine. I don't know how I see some of my friends staying up until midnight, writing proposals and stuff on top of a job, like much admiration to them but I feel so exhausted and working in the news, it's already Mm 24-7. So I may not be at a computer, but I'm constantly checking email, constantly responding to people who want to book an editor or whatever. And it's like, that stuff doesn't stop. And even if 
for three days at a time or whatever, three hours, like I'm checking my email, but nothing is happening. It's still almost that anticipation that at any moment something could go wrong mm-hmm. or, you know, something in the news or whatever could explode. And if I didn't check, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm not actively doing anything. I'm not actively sitting at a computer and writing out things when I go home, but it's almost like your brain doesn't ever turn off. Yeah. And to You're be in that situation and then on top of that try to like do stuff on the side and i've tried yeah. but i'm like i have no motivation right no, it, it's, it's so hard it is so hard like with me yeah. i have my full-time job yeah and i work part-time with the ccnyc and then i have this podcast right and i have clients it's just i don't even know how i sleep like, i don't know how you a, sleep either there was a point like in the beginning of the year where like i low-key almost thought i was having a stroke like right. my right side of my body was going numb i wasn't sleeping well mm-hmm. and i had to go to a ne- neurologist and they were like listen the, the simple right. fix is you need to lighten your load and, and you, get a full night's exactly. rest like you just but it's like we live in this city where it's like it's Constant. this nature of hustling mm-hmm. and bustling mm-hmm. and if you aren't get into the bag then it's like what are you really doing right you know what i mean i feel like that's the culture that's been created too and it's amazing that people feel so empowered to you know make their own money because Mm -hmm. these companies are not paying you what you deserve to be paid right i'm just not there yet yeah i feel like i can comfortably do that and not want to kill myself right speaking of deserving pay how did y'all go about negotiating your salaries or your rates for your work in the beginning, it was pretty much the, the standard. So right now in New York, I believe it's 185 for 12 hours of work for um, production minimum. Mm-hmm. So that's what you typically started getting. When I first started, it was 170, 171 or 175 or something like that. So um, in the beginning, you kind of have to go by what the standard rate is. But then as you start building up your repertoire, start building up your resume, you're like, oh, I did this show. I did that show. You start asking for more. And then you you sometimes you find companies who are like willing to overpay you. Like some, some of these companies, they gave me rates. I'm like... That's for me. Like <laughs> you want to pay me that? All right, cool. And then so then I'll use that and I'll I'll balance it out. Where I'm just like, okay, so on this gig I did this for this company. This might not be as big of a company, but I still feel like I deserve X and Y. It's kind of hard. You got to play with it for a little while yeah. because that's the, the, the hard question about freelancing is that you, it's kind of hard to tell like where people's pockets are. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to tell like what is a what is a justified rate? Like am I overcharging? Am I undercharging? Am I doing myself a disservice? So you kind of have to play around with it a little bit and see like what's comfortable for you. At the end of the day, as long as you can walk away happy, that's what really matters. Right. Yeah, I feel like it's a combination of a lot of different things like in my industry – um, retainers vary so I kind of base it on the market so if I'm working with a company that's based out of New York or a major city I know that it might be a little bit more competitive versus either like a smaller town um, also like if I'm working with a corporation versus um, just one sole entrepreneur I try to look at it as how I would feel if someone was coming to me because I work alone mm-hmm. so if someone was coming to me asking me for money how much I would realistically need to pay and then just the scope of what I'm doing for them so if it's something where I feel like I'm honest about the amount of hours I'm putting in a week and I kind of go by this is my rate per hour so if I know I'm putting in 20 hours a week on your account this is about how much I want to make from you for a month so I try to keep it at that and then I'm really big on asking people their budgets first mm. um, and it can kind of get into that like meme with Diddy looking at the guy and the guy's looking at him and, just, <laughs> and it's like what's your budget well how much is your rate well what's your what like you right. it can be that 
<laughs> um, but I try and just upfront, like when I have a consultation, I'm like, how much realistically are you looking to spend? And then I can tell you the services I can give you based upon your budget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took time to get confident in it and feel like standing your truth and say, you know what, this is not a fit. I can't, you know, do it. But circle back with me maybe when you build up a little bit more because in the beginning you want to help everyone. Mm-hmm. And even now that I've done so much, I feel like I want to help people and I want to work with them. But I feel like if they value you, um, they'll come around and you can't, if you give everybody a deal, then you'll make nothing. Right. Mm. So you got to kind of just, you know, you can, you can help out some people here and there, but you can't do it for everyone because you got bills to pay just like they got bills to pay. That's a fact. That's real. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. So I would say, actually, to be really honest, I don't feel like I really like got a lot of what I deserved coming out of school just because I was very ner- nervous about negotiating. Mm-hmm. And that's something that in writing shares, actually, I found out that, you know, women are less likely to negotiate their salaries or their rates. And so one time I remember I was trying to leave one freelance gig to go to another and I took like a $4 pay cut when I think I just really wanted to get out of that job. So I took the pay cut and I was happy in the position. However, if I could go back, I definitely would have been like, Hey, uh, can you know, you know, can you, can you slide me an extra couple of dollars? Because you know, the pay cut, even if it's just $4, like you'll notice a difference, mm-hmm. you know? So that's something, but now I'm better at it. I think just, you know, being more confident in my work, especially now that I have more experience. Mm-hmm. So I think too, that was a confidence builder, but in the beginning, I, I don't think I was doing well as far as like setting the bar on what I really deserved and what my experience was and what, that equated as far as like payments go right Mm -hmm. and that's so true what you say about like how women don't feel comfortable negotiating Mm -hmm. because it's interesting how we like try to think of all these other elements of Mm -hmm. our life of well we need this because we need to take care of the kids Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. oh we're moving and all that and men literally come in and are like this is my price Mm -hmm. (laughs) you meeting me or not (laughs) not i'm out and they're like no wait oh my god (laughs) you know so that is i just i think that's so true yeah what about even for me um when I first started at People, I was temping. And so it was a matter of, you know, trying to show that you are valuable to the company in a very respectful way um, because you deserve to be paid more. And I felt like I deserved to be full time because I was going above and beyond and really working hard. And so the way my brain operates, as I said before, I'm very type A. So I made, you know, a list of all the ways that I've added value, all the things that are in my job description and everything that I do beyond my job description so that it wasn't even a question in the minds of the people who were hiring Mm -hmm. me that I'm bringing you value. You know, I may be fresh out of school or younger, but one, I'm cheaper than anyone else. Two, I'll work harder than they will. Mm-hmm. And three, I've already proved that. So how are you going to tell me then that, oh, well, you know, we can't really. And it worked, yeah. you know, because you have to show that you can add more value than what they feel like you've already done. That is a fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same here. I, I did research and again, proving the value because before I got into my manager role, I was the like the specialist on the mm-hmm. team. So I was supporting all of the managers. Exactly. And being able to say, okay, the man, this manager only runs two ba- brands, but guess what? I run seven, mm-hmm. and I'm able to. I'm very familiar with this, and this is how I can work, and all that. And, and it they, can be as simple as a list, just to see this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe like five or six check, you know, checklist. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm doing 14 different things right on top of that right and just like looking at that list and seeing the difference in what I'm doing versus what I should be doing mm-hmm. already speaks for itself I think you're right also a trick that I learned too is I find the number that I want to negotiate and I increase it by two to three thousand mm-hmm. dollars, just just so I know they're gonna meet me in the middle, and I'm gonna yeah. get the number I want it anyway. Uh-huh. Right, that's worth like a charm every single time. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, new strategy. So yeah, so that that's worked for me. But let's dial it back. So, how financially stable do you all feel currently in this moment? Shambles. On a scale from one to ten. Utter shambles. <laughs> I guess complete shambles. <laughs> so I'm gonna say. A seven, solid seven. Ooh. <laughs> and this is because I am really trying to be proactive about things. So I royally effed up when it was like after graduating college, I just went to Europe and like blew <laughs> so <Damn>. much money. <laughs> just like credit card swipe. Oh, south of France swipe. Like mm-hmm. bottles of wine every day. It did not matter to me because it was on the card. You know, whatever. I'm young. It's a once in a lifetime, no, no. you know. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And then I moved to New York right after that. Ooh. Both my parents were like, if you do it, like the most we're going to help you with is $300 for a flight home. And that's, you know, whatever. That's how my relationship with my parents has always been. Um, Everything that I've done has been because of me. And so I was struggling, Mm -hmm. like living here on a temp, you know, pay, struggling. Like moving from place to place because I couldn't sign a lease for anything. So it was just sublets and sublets. Trying to pay back this credit card, like, oh, it was crazy. (laughs) But I feel like now that I've been able to negotiate a salary that I feel very comfortable with, I have an apartment that I'm going to re-sign the lease for in two um, weeks, actually. I'm very excited. Um, just things from where they were to where they are now are so much better, and it could be so much better. I haven't started paying my student loans yet. Sorry. <laughs> You'll get there. So good. Yeah. But I'm going to try to start <laughs> next month. But just, like, finally having a grip on knowing I'm going to make it through the month. It's fine, you know, nice. and I'm saving, and that's good. It's not a lot because it's New York, and I like to, you know, <laughs> have fun. But yeah. for me, seven, and then I'm working towards something, so I'll give myself mm-hmm. a solid <laughs> If you would have asked me at the beginning of the year, I would have told you, like, a nine because, like, the ending of last year was, like, so amazing. Like, mm-hmm. from June to, like, December, I was booked completely, and I was making so much money. But then uh, in, a, in production, especially with the special events, the beginning of the year is typically dead. A lot of people are like they're negotiating budgets and they're trying to cut shows or they're trying to figure out what they want to spend their money on. So they don't do a lot of events in January and February. And I was digging into my savings a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, and then a lot more and then a lot more, <laughs> which is crazy because like last year I, I hit a I hit my goal for I had a set number that I wanted my savings account to be. And I actually I blew that out of the water. But now um, two months in, I just came back from New Orleans. Um, I'm planning another trip, and now I'm just like, shit, I'm digging into my savings a little bit too much, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, right now, I would say I'm at like a six because, uh, again, March is when it starts picking up. I already got a bunch of emails flooding me, so I'm like, thank God. Mm-hmm. Whew, I got some money. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What about you, Tasha? So right now, realistically, I think I would say I'm at an eight right now finding as far as as far as stability goes and i say that because i told you simone Mm -hmm. uh pre-interview phase like what happened was with me so in about december 2017 if you would have asked me i think i would have said the same thing as far as you tequila like shambles like a wreck like (laughs) (laughs) like, just not 
not doing right, not acting right. But what happened was um, somebody hit me up, a financial influencer at Financial Lituation. Check him out. He's really dope. Um, and he's our age. Um, he hit me up to help him with shares. And so in the writing of a finance series is when I started getting hit to money. Mm. Like it was something that I kind of like, I liked money. Like in college, I had opened a CD account. Like I was, I bought my first stocks stocks in college too. Like when Facebook went public, I bought stocks in Facebook. Um, so I kind of had some type of knowledge, but I wasn't disciplined. I would say that that's the best way to put it. I wasn't disciplined. So I started writing shares. And then in May, I found out I was pregnant. So now in between writing shares and expecting a son, I'm like, okay, now I got nine months to get my life together. And so mm-hmm. in those nine months, I dead got my life together. So I thank my son because it's because of him that like in those nine months, like I, I worked literally up until six days before I gave birth, wow. like wow. just hustling, 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 um, making sure that I had a surplus of money. Um, especially because I'm a freelancer, so you don't get a formal, like, maternity leave, you know? Mm-hmm. So making sure that I had a, had a surplus of money, making sure that my savings was now up, like, because before that, I was just, like I said, I'm a wing it girl, winging it. Just, hey, what? I'll figure it out later. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I got till 30. Like, that was my thing. Like, I'll figure it out by the time I'm 30. So, um, yeah, I had my son, and between that and shares, I learned a lot as far as money, payments, and then now... I'm able to kind of transfer that to him to where I'm trying to set him up, you know, for success as far as like opening his college fund early or starting. Uh, I want to write a children's book in his name and that money will go to his funds, like doing little things that will then set my kid up for mm-hmm. financial success, things that our parents might not have known. So, yeah, if you would have asked me last year, I don't like zero. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got it. But now yeah. now I'm doing much better because of him. Yeah. Nice. I think I'm probably like a five, okay. a six. Yeah. My savings is okay, mm-hmm. but I, I'm moving into a new apartment in October, so I'm a little concerned about that mm. because I know they literally will take thousands of dollars yeah. from you. Yes. I, I uh-huh. didn't realize how much apartment. money. Yeah. Like, I was looking for a one-bedroom last summer, and I think it was going to be about $6,000 just for me just to pay to, the first last yep. insecurity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't even have it. Like, what? <laughs> Guess I'm staying here. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, speaking about um, financial success, I wanted to uh, talk about dating and being in a relationship and dealing with people who may make more money than you, may not make more money than you. So the question that I had is, are you comfortable with dating someone who is unemployed? Nope. Bad for business. It depends <laughs> on, like, unemployed because they don't want to work, unemployed because they just mm. lost their job, unemployed because their mom or grandmother got sick, unemployed because, like, I need to know more info. Like, if you just come to me like, I don't have a job, I'm going to be like, okay, why don't you have a job? Yes. Mm-hmm. And depending upon your answer, then that will determine the next steps. Because I don't like to speak in absolutes and say, I would never do this or I would always do that. It's situational. It's situational, but I feel like you had to actually have a plan. Like, okay, I don't have a job right now, but I'm doing this, this, that, and the third to make sure mm-hmm. that I get one. Or if not, it's not a job, I'm going to hustle to make sure I figure out you know, what I can do with the connections that I have to, to figure it out. You can't just be complacent and be like, wow, we'll see what happens. Okay. Because that's not going to work. So we'll, we'll role play. Season one, uh, Lawrence. Season three, Issa. Okay. So season one, Lawrence, does, hasn't had a job for a couple of years, is 
for lack of better term, bumming it. Mm-hmm. Says he is putting application for applications for jobs, but he hasn't like secured anything. Mm-hmm. At what point in that relationship do you say, okay, enough is enough. I know my worth. I need out. Or, or, or are you still helping him out? You know it's been two to three years, however long he was unemployed. What's your next move? It's tough, but I think it depends on how long you were in the relationship with them before they lost their job. Mm -hmm. So if you're two, three years in, I don't think it would be that easy for me to just be like, oh, sorry, can't be with you. But Mm -hmm. if it were like six months in and you haven't had a job for two years before I met you and Mm -hmm. then we're still together, (laughs) you still don't have one. That's a character flaw that has nothing to do with, oh, no one's picking my application. Because you could go right on down to the right aid and do what you got to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. choosing your situation, your circumstance. So That's I think true. it's more so like I'm down for the ride to support whomever because things happen in life. But it's kind of just like I have to see where your head is at and how you're going to get yourself out of a situation because we can't be a team if I feel like I can't depend on you. And mm. that's finances, emotionally. Like, if I feel like something happens and it's an emergency and I can't call on you to help me get out of that situation, then we're not going to have a strong relationship because I'm going to be scared to, mm-hmm. like, depend on you. But mm-hmm. it's contingent on how long, how much time you invested in the relationship. Right. Right. I feel like I wouldn't want to throw the whole relationship away mm-hmm. if I'm, like, two, three years in because it would just feel like... I know that person well. So I feel like if I'm with you for that long, I know you're not a bum. Mm-hmm. I know that it's the circumstance. I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of character. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's situational and it's not an ideal situation. So I wouldn't initially start dating someone off of those circumstances. Mm-hmm. I would just try to stay away from it and be like, sorry, <laughs> bruh, but mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that happens while we're still together, there might be room to discuss how maybe I can help him with my contacts that I have mm-hmm. to try to put him in a position to win. Mm-hmm. I respect that. Mm-hmm. Dating let's, is hard enough. Oh, I was going to no, say, let's okay. stay with the ladies because I want to <laughs> oh, get ahead. to you go if ahead. that's okay. No, do you think? Let's go ahead, Paula. So I just don't think I could mm-hmm. just because, I mean, it goes back to like what I feel comfortable with. I don't feel comfortable going outside of, you know, structure and organization and I feel like I hold the people that I'm with to the same standard as myself and I will never expect anything from you that I can't do myself. And Mm -hmm. I just don't imagine ever, God forbid, knock on wood, being two to three years without employment. Because if you you have been put in that situation, like what were you doing to build yourself outside of your job? Were you meeting new people who could offer more opportunities? Were you – you know, doing something on the side to build any lacking skill sets. Like, I don't feel like, and I could be so wrong, but I don't feel like I should expect anything less from you than I would expect from myself. Mm -hmm. And that would be incredibly disappointing to me if I was going so long without a job. Granted, it is about the circumstances, but I just, like, I don't feel like if, if you're in a situation where, you're going two years without a job that you should even be in a relationship. Like there's something maybe within yourself that you should be working on Mm -hmm. so that you can provide a life for yourself and then be a better companion for someone else. Mm -hmm. And whether we've been together or not, I think the best thing for me to do for you would be for you to grow within yourself. And I totally understand the love thing, but there's an issue within you. If it's been that long that you haven't done something, there's some kind of, professional or emotional or self-growth that needs to happen outside of a relationship 
And that's how I feel. Amen. That's the mm. word. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Tom. All right. Uh, so, I mean, in regards to your point, like, I'm not going to get into t- the whole Team Lawrence, Team Issa. <laughs> 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 like, I think no. Like, especially meeting somebody off the bat, I'd say no. Like, it's different if you have a job and you're just kind of struggling. But I said, like, originally it's bad for business. Like, I think, you know, it has to make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and to me, I don't think if I'm fully employed, me being with you unemployed is, I just can't see it working. Um, I think especially what I find in, and a lot of people try to like, see, I've been with my boyfriend for five years, so people are like, oh, you've been out the game. No, but still. Like, <laughs> I think uh, what I find is like a lot of men, they they tend to kind of know what they want, mm-hmm. and they tend to kind of like, tend to kind of like not put up with it. So I think women are more likely sometimes to kind of, oh, like, He's sweet though, and but he did this, and but he did that. I'm like, if you don't have any money in your account, I cannot see a future with you. Like, yeah. there's literally <laughs> like, how am I going to marry you and you don't got no money in the bank? Right. So that means I'm paying everything, I'm supporting right. you, I'm paying the mortgage, I'm paying the bills, like I'm paying for the trips. Like, I just don't think like it should be like that. And I'm still traditional in the sense where I think a man yeah. should leave the household. Same. Um, and it doesn't matter who makes more money. I just feel like you should still be financially stable enough to the point where if then what happens if I lose my job? Right. Mm-hmm. Then everything co- exactly <laughs> shambles. Mm-hmm. So um, to me, I'm like, nope, bad for business. You get the boot. Day one, you tell me you don't got no job, don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> Lock me back. How are you even oh, calling right. me? If right. You, you can't even pay your phone, on your phone. Right, like, sir, <laughs> right. get your priorities in order. Facts. You posting on Instagram. <laughs> you posting on LinkedIn. Yeah. Word. That's uh, word. Here's my thing. Uh, dating is hard enough already. We already have, like, all this miscommunication, people being detached from their emotions, mm-hmm. like, scheduling conflicts, not even being able to spend enough time with people. And you want to be broke? Like, I don't know if I could do it, man. <laughs> like, um, I definitely, I feel as if, like, I, I resonate with Tequila. Like, it, it's definitely situational. I've been in scenarios where um, the woman I was dating didn't have a job, and I would let them chill for a little bit. Be like, okay, you know, we want to figure things out. After about, like, six months, I'm like, listen, no, we're applying for jobs. I'm writing up applications for you. I'm walking up in there with you, making mm-hmm. sure you go in there. You talk to people. And I got her a job within, like, two weeks. And That's I understand. I, I'm trying. Like, I'm, I try and be, the, I try and be like, the very supportive of, yeah. like, the, the, the people who I'm with. So, like, friends included as well. And um, I think um, if you have a goal in mind and you really have some dreams and aspirations, because I was at that point at one time where I wasn't really making that much money at the beginning of like my whole role of getting into production, where I was like, damn, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, maybe I should go back and mm-hmm. try and get a regular nine to five. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of money for like for the first year. I was struggling, like scraping by, like barely having enough food to have money to buy food to eat or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I got to a point where it was like, but you could see the hustle though. Like mm-hmm. I have to see the hustle. You could look at people and tell when they're really trying or when they're just feeling comfortable or they have too much of an ego to settle for a certain type of job. So as long as I see that you're like willing to try, I would say maybe like within a year, that's if I know you before or if we're in a relationship and you just happen to be jobless. I say a year is a good amount of time to kind of mm-hmm. figure things out. If I don't see that spark in that year, then I, can, I can't do it. I agree. Mm-hmm. I echo, echo all of y'all sentiments. <laughs> um, so I did want to talk a little bit about uh, collaboration and kind of protecting your assets. So I kind of went on like this little Twitter rant like a couple of weeks ago about this picking your brain 
concept. Uh-huh. And I feel like a lot of times people come to us because we're an expert in our area and they mm-hmm. want to pick our brain. But to them, it's like they want to get all of the information from you. They want a full download uh-huh. on how you did yeah. something, <laughs> how you succeeded in your journey and so forth. So how do you deal with people who come to you in your mentions, in your emails? Like, hey, you know, can you tell me everything that you've done? Like, <laughs> I'd love to know. So how do you navigate that? And then the secondary question to that is how important is collaboration to you and how do you navigate those waters Mm -hmm. in your workspaces? Nice. It depends on your approach, honestly, Mm -hmm. because if you just come at me like, yo, what's good? Uh, I want to know what you do and da da da. I'm like, I'm not really going to like, I'm not be not be very receptive to that. Mm -hmm. But um, because how many people are saying the same thing? Exactly. Like Like, if it's like a cookie cutter thing, like copy and paste, that I feel like you just send into everybody just hoping to like get Mm -hmm. a hook of fish. It's it's not going to work with me. But I just don't have the time. Exactly. A question. If you say, hey, I read up about you Mm -hmm. and I really admire like the specific article you wrote or the specific campaign you promoted or whatever it is. And I have a question about how to be successful in whatever. I, I will be more receptive. Yes. Than yeah. Uh-huh. Build that connection. About what? Right. <laughs> exactly. Like if I feel like you're just like like an opportunist, because I, I run into a lot of opportunists. Ooh, they yeah. just see like the credits, or they yeah. see like who I'm working yeah. with. They see my Instagram. They're like, oh, you did this. Oh, you did that. And they just hit you. Like I was just talking to my friend the other day. Um, actually not my friend, my co-host. Uh, I'm on a podcast called The Let It Off Podcast. Um, shout out to my co-host Alex King and Simone Dixon. But um, Alex, she. Uh, she he um he was on TRL for a little bit and he was supposed to be one of the one of the hosts mm-hmm. but they ended up I don't know if TRL is actually going back on the air but he got his um his demo reel and he just put it out you know it wasn't anything he just put it out and everybody was like hitting him up like oh my god I can't believe you made it and he got so many DMs from people who he's been trying to reach out to for like months right. years talking about yo let's connect mm-hmm. let's link da 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 mm, like if you have all, make money off of exactly cases. like oh yeah, hey babe like uh, what yeah. it's crazy and like people hit you with these crazy like if you if i feel like you have an ulterior motive right off the get-go yeah. i'm not with it but i do believe strongly in the power of collaboration because mm-hmm. that's how i stay afloat like Absolutely. it's not just me like i yeah. am a network i am the people who i work with i'm the people who i work under mm-hmm. i'm the people who work under me so mm-hmm. they're an extension of who i am so as long as i have a solid network around me then I'm good. And you can only do that by collaborating with like, like-minded people and like-minded yeah. individuals. Absolutely. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I'm actually pretty open to people who contact me, especially when they're younger mm-hmm. um, than I am. Mm-hmm. I think a part of the reason why, and I've gotten some of those <laughs> uh, like, yo, like, you know, I've gotten, <laughs> I've gotten some of those before, but I think, I think why I'm open to it is because I just remember when I was that age. I think, you know, one, everybody's college experience is different. I yeah. went to Spelman, and Spelman, they're such sticklers about, like, you know, approach, jobs, internships, how you uh, – we have career workshops, all that type of stuff. So it's stuff you learn, but not everybody gets to learn that. You know, mm-hmm. not everybody gets to learn approach. So sometimes, particularly with younger women especially, yeah. I'm always kind of, like, you know, very open to it. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, what do you want to know? I've sat on the phone for two hours with – uh, women or young girls that I've never heard from again after, you know, and I'm okay with that because, you know, if I can help them in some way get to where they want to be, even if for some reason they get nothing out of what I said, I at least know I took the time to do it. Mm-hmm. And I believe in good karma. So that that's also a reason why I'm just really like open. And I think to an, even in regards to what you said, as far as like people being opportunist, um, I think everyone's an opportunist. I just think there's some people who are more front upfront about it, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's probably Definitely. what that's, true. that's probably what 
people don't like. Like yeah. it's kind of like that distaste for the straightforwardness. Mm-hmm. But because I'm also kind of a straightforward person, like I don't mind it. At least you're clear on what you want out of me. Like I, I would prefer to not have a smoke screen. Like even like if you hit me up and you know you want something, like you don't even gotta hit me with the hey, how you been? How's the baby? Yo, just, Word. What do you What do you, what want? Do you want? Like, <laughs> like that's so to me. I'm okay with that. Like, so I'm very open to it. I love it when people do it because I just, I remember when I was in school harassing, like I I used to have an obsession with uh, one of the former editor-in-chiefs of Essence, Angela Burt Murray. And I remember when she left Essence, I was like, what does she do now? Like, let me find her. And Mm -hmm. I was always emailing, like Googling. (laughs) And look, and I ended up working for her. She had her own site, uh, Coco Fab. It's not up anymore, but I used to write for them. And that's how I ended up you know, getting that because I was stalking and I probably, she probably was like, who is this little girl? (laughs) (laughs) But so for me, I always look forward to like when people, especially younger women, they find my work and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like, Mm -hmm. can I help you or what can I do? Um, Men too. So for me, I'm really open to it. I don't mind if you are an an opportunist. I think what matters to me the most is not like your intention, but just how, um, your attitude, I would say. You I know? also think it's like, a little different when it's younger women because, like you said, maybe you didn't learn the approach. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So I'm more receptive to that stuff. I don't think I've ever been off-put by a college-age like mm-hmm. girl asking, can I talk to you for a little bit? Um, I just feel like when it's someone who's already kind of graduated in the field, in the industry, and I totally get, you know, you're looking for an opportunity or whatever, but I just... I just need it to be like you're genuinely interested in me or what, mm-hmm. because even I'll get approached by people who want like a publicist or whatever mm-hmm. and don't understand publicity. maybe publicity. Mm-hmm. But then I find out it's just because, oh, like, do you think people would want to? And I'm like, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't just work part. like that. Yeah. Like you can't just. Oh yeah, we want you. You're but right. like, can you get us into this thing that you're that your mm-hmm. full time job? And I'm like, well. No, that's not, you can't just skip steps if I don't even believe in or know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. That's true. (laughs) And I feel like that's when people start to take advantage of or use you for your connections or your job or whatever it is. And it's not ever college-age people. It's like a grown adult. Like, oh yeah, well, you want to do my PR? And it's like, oh, so do you think people would cover this? It's like, well, that's, (laughs) just ask me, just pitch me then. Like, don't try to hire me or whatever. And then, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I got a question actually, because I got an email yesterday, someone reaching out to me. I want to know if you guys would have responded. I chose not to, Mm -hmm. but um, they're like, hello, our names are, I'm going to redact their names. Uh, We're getting ready to start a podcast podcast together and doing our research we looked all over instagram for co-hosting pods and came across several that we enjoyed we are reaching out hoping that you can give us some advice on how to be consistent as well as keep people engaged thanks in advance i would respond i would respond no that was a copy and paste yeah that's how yeah. i felt about it but i can't teach you how to be consistent have discipline and do what you got to do yeah that's like, very true there's nothing yeah. i can tell you like just make sure if you pick a date you release it on that date like exactly you're not really asking me for mm-hmm. anything that i can help you with exactly and it was copy and paste <laughs> and i just feel like i feel like because i pitch every day for a living i uh-huh. know copy and paste don't get you yeah. anywhere right. like you have to do research you have to actually care you have mm-hmm. to actually yeah. call out something that 
you would have to research in order right. to know. That's what I'm saying. To me, that's not a smokescreen. Like you said, that's showing that even if yeah. you did reach out to five different people, you took the time to find out something about me. Exactly. exactly. So regardless of what you want out of this or whatever, you took time that someone else didn't to say, I saw you on this panel or mm-hmm. I saw like what you did here. And that takes five and seconds. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just go to my Make Instagram and see what I'm doing. Right. Exactly. So no. Yeah, I wouldn't. I didn't respond either. I'm I cool with the copy paste though. I mean, I, I think, okay, even if you send the copy paste message to five people, you still look those people up. You found them. You, you found something that you liked about them. Cause I'm sure you're not sending copy paste messages to like 15, 20. You'd be surprised. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe some people are. I've literally yeah. been sitting next to my friend. They got the same oh, no. message as me. And I'm like, did you just, did she just? Oh, like, oh okay. <laughs> but even if you are, but like, okay, for example, you're in PR. Mm-hmm. Like oftentimes when I'm pitching shares, I sometimes use a copy paste. Like it's like, are you really going to like rewrite the same message for every single different? I mean, no, depending here's on my a, thing. Just the beginning. Yeah. 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 The body is the body. Yeah. But even, that intro needs yeah. to be tailored. Me, even working on a brand as big as mine with names that I talk to every day, mm-hmm. you know, the producers at whatever show. If I'm sending the same pitch to everyone, I'll still take the extra 20 minutes to say, hi, blank, hi, oh, blank, yeah, the name, yeah. even just that, yeah. you know, yeah, and they'll take it, it's a big brand, they'll take whatever I'm sending them anyways, mm-hmm. but it's just like, if you want someone to pay attention to you and feel like you're valued and they really respect you, just take that extra, like, exactly. no one, it's not that anyone cares that I'm saying their name, you mm-hmm. know, because they're going to take what I send them, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's that I'm still after however long making that effort. Yeah. It just shows effort. And I think that they recognize And that. it's the attention uh-huh. to detail. Too. And it's easier for you to feel like you need to respond when someone has related to you. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't personalize it as much anymore because it's not that big of a deal, but uh-huh. even just the name, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes my boss is like, why do you okay. like just BCC? They'll take it anyway, which I understand, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's harder for you to say no to me if you feel like I'm talking to yeah, you exactly versus yes. if it's just copy and paste it. Mm-hmm. That is very true. So even if you feel like, Oh, I don't want to take the time to do that. You're probably going to be more successful, honestly, in like saying hi, you know, and something about me, because then I feel like, wow, like I feel so special that exactly. you like took the time to research, <laughs> even if it's not legit, uh-huh. like mm-hmm. I'm more likely to respond to that than like a copy paste. Yeah. yeah. I'd much rather send out like five really well thought out emails than yeah. send out a hundred blast emails that right. all say the same thing. Because the five will, the five, it, it'll, yeah, yeah that you make different. as long as you make that connection, like yo, like I really enjoyed when you did this or when you said this. They're yeah. like, oh, you're paying attention now, yeah. mm-hmm. like you actually know, because like with this email, all I know is that you just typed in podcast, looked at the the hashtag, <laughs> and all you know is that I have one. And you sent the message, and that's and it. You know, like what do you really know? What do we talk about? Yeah, do you know what the content that. is? Just because. I, I know sometimes I've taken the time out to send very personalized custom message and yeah. either not gotten a response or two, it just didn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Like I would rather, you know, get straight to the point. What do you need? We discuss it and then we're done versus like, okay, I mean, maybe you do know something about me. That's great. If you do, I'll find out in the conversation. And once you find out, you can, you know, cut it short. 
but I don't I don't think I mind so much. Mm. Mm. So you're open for pick my brain inquiries and the rest um, of the table. <laughs> no, no, I'm open mind, to it. I don't mind a pick my brain. <laughs> okay. I don't mind a pick my brain yeah. because you can't do what I can do. Yeah. So uh-huh. I can give you all of the the whole recipe, but you don't got my sauce. So yeah, it's not gonna come out the yes. same. You're gonna try to do it, and it's gonna be like, oh, look at. <laughs> oh, you that was try cute. to be like me. You try to do what I did, but it fell flat. Yeah. And then right. it's just like I don't mind telling people like contacts or giving people contacts at place, certain places because it's like mm-hmm. you don't have the relationship, mm-hmm. right? So you can pitch them blind, and that's fine. I mm-hmm. also don't like to give out contacts unless I ask the person first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But if I give you a contact, cool, you have a contact, and if it works out for you, I'm happy for you. Like mm-hmm. I'm glad, but I just don't feel threatened by having telling somebody how I did something because one, it'll either help them or if they have bad intentions, they're not going to be successful anyways. Mm-hmm. Very so, true. Yeah. And I think that's also why there's an influx of like, I don't even know how to describe it. So like, you've noticed how like influencers now are like building like these kits where it's like, you want to learn more about, okay, for example, <laughs> podcasting. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's this girl I follow. Um, She has a podcast and I've attended several of her like webinars where she's like, here's how you can elevate your podcast. And then you get to the end and it's like, for a small payment oh. of $1,400, <laughs> I can help you do this and that. Oh. And it's like, all right, we, go ahead, sis, get your coin. Yeah, Facts. and like, I respect the hustle, but then it also feels like, what, like, are we in this, this, this state now where we are, literally putting price points on the advice that we get people. Cause mm-hmm. I was it's thinking a slippery like, slope. It is. Cause mm-hmm. I'm thinking like with that email, if I was that person, I would have been like, Oh, Hey, thanks so much for reaching out. Here are some resources. You give them like a free ebook or whatever with like <laughs> links that you found on Google. Uh-huh. And then you're like, yeah, but for the small consultation fee of 750, I can help you do yeah. XYZ. You <laughs> so know? very so slip, like, slippery, slippery uh-huh. slope. I just feel mm-hmm. like you either got to be in or out. Either don't help the person right. or help them just to help them. Because once you start getting into nitty gritties of like paying people just to tell them something that's super simple, I just feel like that starts to come for your integrity and right. it's the, the word starts to travel like, oh, like don't mess with them because they're always going to try and get you. Right. And I feel mm-hmm. like when you just are kind hearted and a genuine person, you always try to help people. It comes back to you. Yeah. So I just feel like doing that. I just I'm not comfortable with it mm-hmm. because it just feels like when you needed that information, somebody helped you. Right. So remember that time when you're in a place to help other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Pass it down. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I just think it depends on your credibility as far as like whether or not you're putting on price points. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like with social media in a way, it's just so saturated. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, I mean, you got, 500 followers you're calling yourself an influencer no shade like you know that's a lot of people no but um you know so i think it's like am i going to pay somebody who only has x number of followers who's not been like rated or referred to me mm-hmm. um who nobody knows like to me being an insta celebrity is not enough you know like i need receipts something exactly <laughs> i need something more than that and even with people with receipts like i know um at one point, we were working with the PR person. Shares won't name them. Um, and they had dope receipts, so we thought, and ended up being frauds. So it's like, mm. you know, mm. even that, that's, <laughs> what, me, girl. But that's what happens. <laughs> but see, that's what happens when you pay attention to the Instagram hype sometimes. Because exactly. I thought, I thought I did my research. Can we talk know? about that? Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> Let's dive into it. Yes. Go ahead, girl. She got the eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, right. it up, you, you want to talk about it, right? Yeah. Go right ahead. Sometimes I also feel like 
I'm gonna sound like a hater. I no, <laughs> no, no judgment, <laughs> but no when you're not, so it's okay. I feel like it's so cool right now to be an entrepreneur, and some people will do the work, and I see that work, and some people will do it for the gram. And it's yes, like, working, working, working. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. me, yeah. I'm like, you Take know, it. doing yeah. whatever. Coffee shop, work. Oh my god, do you but work no, so hard? Throw my phone against the wall. Being, there's nothing coming out of that uh-huh. and I I feel for myself from a year and a half ago seeing these things I was new to New York and I'm just gonna tell you right now in Arizona it's not like that like there's not that and I love it in New York because I've never been around like affluent black people mm-hmm. I always grew up you know in white America my friends my best friends love them all white but coming here I saw people who looked like me who were educated who were hardworking, who were making money who were in you know, great jobs and even working for themselves, just so confident about their blackness. And I loved that. Mm -hmm. And so I started following people on Instagram and it was so inspiring and amazing. But there, it came to a point at one time where I was like, well, is there something wrong with me? But then you start to see that there are people who are working and genuinely working and then people who are not. And I was like, (laughs) I had never experienced that before because I was like, wait, you're not actually the ones who are the ones who are not on Instagram. Right. So it's uh-huh. like I really have trouble because people tell me like you should post more what? about what you're doing because yeah. you do so much dope stuff. And I'm like, I'm too busy doing the dope stuff. Right. I don't got time. So you're like, oh, wait, let me get a picture in front of whatever, whatever. Like, I go to media places every single day. Uh-huh. And I'm with talent all the time. And I'm doing things all the time. But it's like I'd rather just do the work and the word of mouth go through like tequila is about her business and about right. her work than to stop and be like, wait, let me get a quick flick. Cause right. it's just like, that's not what I'm here for. Like mm-hmm. I'm not the talent. I'm not right. the one that's trying to get the likes. I'm the one that's yeah. trying to get you where you need right. to be. Mm-hmm. So it just comes to a point where you do start looking at Instagram and you're like, well, I was at the same event as sis. But I didn't see her doing that. I didn't see her doing none of that. Like she's posted up in front of the logo, like oh, just came to Lincoln Bill with my people. Uh-huh. But then it was our event, and she was on the line, and I checked her into our event. <laughs> so I'm just like, sis, who, who was you linking and building with? Because I feel like we should be able to check the builds. Like if yeah. you're telling me you're linking and building, and then three months later, I'm like. So you remember that build after the link? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Was there ever the the build, or was right. y'all was just what linking? Happened? Like, <laughs> where's the follow through? Because I just feel and like people was... don't be held accountable for uh-huh. right. The yes. balance I needed to find of like feeling like, okay, well, we're in this generation where you need to post and you need to do these things, but then, especially coming from the PR side, my job is to promote someone else, so it always feels inauthentic yeah. to me to like be self promotional, and I struggled for a little bit about building my brand you know Mm -hmm. because that's what so many people are doing right now and i understand the importance of it but then eventually i realized that for me to be authentic to myself my brand is in my relationships and you can't show Mm -hmm. that on instagram exactly my brand is in people knowing my reputation and knowing that i'm a hard worker Mm -hmm. and when i get on instagram i'm gonna post you know the hike that i went to or like hanging out with my friends and it doesn't need to be like i'm this and that and here and there Mm -hmm. because I mean, I'm very grateful for my opportunities, but it's not like a lot of that stuff is making it on Instagram because for me, like 
my Instagram is about my life and my friends and the things that I love and like it makes it into there. But I, I really struggled at first. Like, okay, well, should I be posting more? But then it felt so awkward yeah. to be like, yeah. oh, like working so hard. Exactly. I hate that whole thing. And like I, I was struggling with it like earlier. And no shade. Oh no, 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 fine. <laughs> like, um, like when I go out to like these industry events, I used to go out and be like, "Oh, take all the pictures, all the videos, make it look cool." I'm a, I'm a, a save the video and edit it later to look even better, da, 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 and all this stuff. And now when I go out, I'd be tired. I was like, no, no, I just be I, like, if you, you if also I'm be there, work in the room too. I you work the like room. Networker, okay. Fact, I, I try, man. That's that's how that's how I met um Paula. Like but I met her at one of the because <laughs> I met you at the end, like at the elevator, and I was like, oh, and then, and then we met again at the elevator i'm like you seem familiar she's like we met at the at the last <laughs> event but she didn't even tell me your name the first time we were just like oh da, 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 da. and i was like oh da, 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 da. and then we left and then, but then the second time again I, I caught you and then we ended up like chilling in uh we went to what was that city winery mm-hmm. we sat down we chatted for a little bit because i genuinely like connecting with people like when i say i'm connecting and building i'm connecting and building mm-hmm. i'm trying to build a network of like other uh intelligent black people in the industry in music in in media and everything just because like i have a, a real interest in that and i also i want to help other people and i want to make sure that if i know someone who does this or you need someone who does that i want to be the bridge to connect you to to that mm-hmm. at the that end of the day we only make us. it if we help each other at the yes, end of the day you know and that's more important than any instagram exactly day. it don't matter how many likes you get on a post right. like if, because like, listen if instagram someone were to hack it and it's gone tomorrow like what would you have to prove your worth nothing, nothing. They would nothing. Have <laughs> no website like, no business card no linkedin and, and no shade no if you're network. working and you're posting about it awesome like awesome to you but just know that it's so important to build you know your brand, your brand offline mm-hmm. too and it's not just like oh let me go to your profile and see how great your life is it's exactly. like i know that these people will vouch for me because i've done work and i can produce mm-hmm. exactly and oftentimes the profiles are facade anyway uh-huh. we only highlight our our the great moments exactly yeah. we i have people from back home like wow girl, <laughs> yeah. you live the girl. life i'm like you didn't see me crying on the subway <laughs> right. Right. i know you understand this because you're from a small town too Back at home, they think we're celebrities. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just a regular, regular, regular person <laughs> trying to hustle in New York. Weekly breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm not posting on Instagram. Breakdown. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know the struggle of everything that we have to go through to produce all of our events. Yes. Yeah. And being up at the crack oh of dawn. God. And like, it's PTSD. I don't even want to go back into it. But you <laughs> know. Back there yes, please. <laughs> like, it's just like. We work so hard, and yeah. it's like even through the process of that, we weren't even posting like behind the scenes, right. putting this together, or like backstage with John. Let like no, yeah. we were like, okay, so what we need to do, we gotta get this. Okay, he's exactly. on his way. Like we were actually getting things done. Mm-hmm. So when people see us and they know we're connected to it, it feels like oh, you guys are so cool, and we're just like we're just trying to do dope shit, and we're just trying to connect our people right. and. We're not doing it for the clout. We're right. doing it because we really want to create community and we yes. really want to up- uplift people and make sure that people have the resources that we didn't have. Yeah. Um. So I think and it has it's to just be important. from a genuine place. Yeah. Exactly. It can't just be for clout because uh-huh. you know that doesn't last. Instagram no. influencer like time of our lives is not going to last forever. No. It's becoming so that saturated <laughs> that if you're not actually providing like value. value mm-hmm. If you're posting about the event that you're about to do, but it doesn't succeed, like, what are you going to do next year? Exactly. Versus 
Shout out to Culture God. The best <laughs> event ever. Because it was so like you could see it, the work and it wasn't like I'm still tired. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that's so important for people to know. Like, do whatever you want. Right. I understand. But if it were all to leave tomorrow, what value can you add to me that I know beyond just your Instagram? And they would be stuttering. Mm. Right. They it's all about know. balance, though. Because, yeah. you know, you sometimes you, you are in the moment, you're having fun, and you want to yeah. take a picture of what you're and doing. you should. Yeah. But it's about balance. It's like having the receipts to back up the photo is what's really important. Right. Right. It should uh-huh. be a whole bunch of pretty photos, and then you Nothing. can't, you know. Yeah. But right. my question, I guess, to you guys is, do you guys feel like, because I almost feel like sometimes Instagram is the new resume. Like, it's like, uh-huh. you know. It you depends on the person. Event. If the person is really about their stuff and they're really hardworking and they really, like, are experts in your industry, they're not going to care about your Instagram. So, like, if you go to interview for a place or if you're going to a client and they ask you, okay, so what placements have you gotten? Mm-hmm. Who have you worked with? Mm-hmm. Like, what brands have you done? You can't just be like, go to my Instagram. Right. If true. they ask you for referrals, if they ask you for, like, your your actual resume of what you've done and your connection, if they're like, can you get me an X publication? Mm-hmm. You can't be like, well, go to my Instagram. You'd be like, <laughs> well, I need press for what I'm doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to be on Instagram. Instagram. So I feel like it depends on the person. Of course, if it's just like... Somebody that wants to be around the cool kids, they mm-hmm. might go to your Instagram. But I feel like if it's someone who really is about their shit and about like value and having the receipts, yeah, I think what you've done in your work will speak for itself. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Like especially based on sector, and I'm pretty sure you're gonna speak to this Templeton. Mm-hmm. Like people who you know do videography work or mm-hmm. people who are like models or more forward facing. I think that it's perfect. Yeah, but mm-hmm. for someone like me, I just think that it's an extension of me. It's an mm-hmm. extension. You get to see my personality. This, yeah. To me, my Instagram is like my cover letter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, Wait, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> still gotta have the resume. <laughs> don't steal that. Don't resume. steal that. Don't steal right. that. Exactly. Right now. <laughs> no, I, no, I really love that because what I was gonna say is that I don't, I don't like abuse Instagram, but I use it because like when I tell people what I do, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I work for this person and I work for this company and they're like okay cool whatever anyone can say that go on my Instagram you'll see me on a VMA red carpet you'll see me working on Tierra you see me so it's kind of right. like yeah. I'm, I really am in these places you know and if you want to work more and then we can connect and build afterwards and then you can see what I can do afterwards yeah. with yeah. the resume you know and but the cover no letter is pretty problem with posting That's exactly not my thing. Yeah. it's just like make sure that you're doing the work behind behind exactly but post all you want i post (laughs) (laughs) do you guys have mentors in your field because i personally i don't have a mentor and i'm looking for one but i know that i'm not going to be like hi my name is simone give you my organic you know let it be organic but i don't i don't really have anyone that i think is like tangible enough for me to be like yes they're my mentor i want Mm -hmm. them to guide me i want them to lead me in the right direction Mm. but do y'all have that i don't know if it's Mm -hmm. more a mentor or just people in the industry that I admire and can come to for advice on small things. I take mentorship as something more like they're more invested Mm -hmm. and they like go out of their way and they like really try to put you in places to win and they talk about you when you're not in the room. Mm -hmm. That's like a mentor to me, but I have people who are in my industry who might be a bit older than me who can kind of give me game on how certain things should go or things like that but I don't know if I have like a mentor I think that will come with time because Mm -hmm. I feel like especially in our industry there aren't a lot of people that look like us in our industry Mm -hmm. Um, and then a lot of them feel kind of disconnected to us because they're like well we had to pitch print and newspapers and all you guys have to do is DM the people you guys don't really know how to write a release so you guys don't really know how to do it so it kind of causes discord because 
they have so much game they could give us, but it's like if they're not open and receptive to the way that things are now, um, it's going to be difficult to build and foster relationships. So I'm not saying I don't have a mentor, but I think I just have people I can come to if I have certain questions about my industry. Mm -hmm. But I don't think mentorship is something you seek out. It's something that just comes Uh to you and you're just like, oh, wow, like... Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that you're actually my mentor. And uh-huh. I feel like yeah. you can have different mentors. Like, you don't have to have a mentor that looks like you. Yeah. I feel I like you should have different types that. of mentors that look different because then mm-hmm. you will have more access to different networks. If you only have a black woman as your mentor, you're cutting off a whole bunch of yeah. different lanes yeah, that you could be getting bed. into. And I was going to say, I do... I am still, you know, hoping to find a mentor that looks like me, but I don't think that... You should limit yourself in that way because mm-hmm. it's not like a white woman or even a white man because you know they're the most powerful sometimes yeah. is not awesome. going to be able to help you just because they can't necessarily understand your experience. If you mm-hmm. can connect with someone human to human, mm-hmm. you know, and they are in a position of power to help you, then so be it. It doesn't matter what they look like if they're vouching for you in a room or maybe there aren't a lot of African Americans. Like maybe your mentor that you think is your dream mentor isn't even in that room yet and you can build this connection with someone who doesn't necessarily look like you but wants you to succeed and Mm -hmm. that still exists outside of african-american you know people Mm -hmm. i think that sometimes we kind of cut ourselves off because it's like wow she's so beautiful and like she has it all together and i want to learn from her and that's great but don't stop yourself from meeting you know other executives or whatever Mm -hmm. If you're freelance, it's different, obviously. But meeting other executives in your company and building relationships with them as well because sometimes they're the ones who are going to pull you through. Mm -hmm. And it's not that everyone who doesn't look like you is bad and, like, wants us not to succeed because my mentor does not look like me, but I know that she would speak up for me in any room. Mm -hmm. And that's how I've gotten to the place that I've gotten to so early is just because she had all the faith in me and was like, absolutely, like, you deserve this and you should fight for it and you're going to get it. Nice. Um, I've been very fortunate. I feel like um, as far as audio engineering and production, I've actually had a mentor for both of them. And um, I learned so much. Uh, the first mentor, his name is Blue. Um, he runs a studio, um, Brown Sugar, or I think they're called Lounge now. But um, when I first started um, working there, I really didn't fully understand like the full concept of engineering, even though I went to school for it. He really showed me how to apply my skills he really tuned my ear and helped me understand certain things and really come into my own as an engineer and on the production side there's this guy named seth who he was one of the first production managers um that reached out to me and i still work with him to this very day and he pretty much does exactly what i want to do like he flies out all the time and works on productions like in cali and puerto rico and venezuela and all this stuff he just flies all over the world he's in there for like a week or two weeks and he just comes back out and that's exactly the kind of life that i want to have just get dirty for for a little bit and then come back home and then chill and then fly out so I've, i've actually been very fortunate and going to what paula was saying yeah like looking for mentors that are don't look like you both of these guys are white mm-hmm. so it's just like if i was to be like yeah i want someone who kind of looks like me i wouldn't have it wouldn't have opened a door for exactly. so many but i do understand the importance of like finding and connecting people that look like you but there's valuable information out there from a bunch of different um people like not even from just people that just look like us so. and that's, that's to say point. i hope to be a mentor for young black women one day Same. but you also have to play the game to get into the room so that you can bring us up with you right sometimes at at 
this place in our culture right now, like we're getting there, but it's not there yet. I don't see very many people of color at my mm-hmm. company. Uh-huh. So if I'm looking for the other, you know, black woman who's amazing, but is still herself trying to get to where I want to go, like you can befriend these people and ask advice from people that you take um, or you respect a lot, but also, you know, play the game to get into a position where then you can be a mentor to someone else mm-hmm. and it's more normal like it's not like i'm down here still trying to mentor you it's like oh no i'm up here and can make decisions for you now because i maybe had to play a little bit Mm -hmm. to get to where i am Mm -hmm. um so i did want to just jump back just for a quick second because it's tax season and (laughs) we could listen don't remind me it's been heavy on my head it's been heavy on my heart i should say (laughs) I haven't done my taxes yet, Ooh, and it's Chile. mainly because I, I have my W-2s, I have my salary work, but then in 2019, or 2018, I started doing contract work, mm, so mm, now mm. I got these 1099s that yeah. are killing me, because <laughs> now I owe money that I never even thought that I needed to yes. owe before, uh-huh. yes, ma'am. so I'm looking at you, Tasha, because I know that you are the financial expert in the room, Yes, help so me yes, shambles. can you give us some, some key things that we need to know as freelancers, or as people who are... You know, we're doing contract work that we need to be doing when we're filing these 1099 forms or whatever form you need to be filing for your taxes. So, I mean, I one, I didn't file mine either just for the record. <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm not in a rush to pay nobody money, but I'm going to be paid um, on the 14th. Right, exactly. I mean, the, really the biggest thing that I would say is I know um, federal tax, I think it's 10%, and I think New York's is too. So what I do anytime I'm doing anything paid where I know they're not taking the tax out, I take 12% out of that amount mm. every single time, and I send it to a different account. So that's what I do. I that's don't even play tip. about it. Like, just because I know, like I said, I learned the hard way. Um, last year, when that 1099 hit, and they told me I owed some couple, I was like, wait, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Like, I literally didn't know. And you also have the option of paying your taxes quarterly. So instead of waiting, yeah, you can pay when you're a freelancer, you can also pay your taxes quarterly. So you don't have to wait until tax season or the end of the year to pay in one lump sum. You can always just file quarterly and pay quarterly as well. So those are the two things that I, I take up. I save 12, like I literally don't play about it. If I make 1200, like let's say I make 1200 today. I'm taking out 12% and I'm sending it to a whole different account. If it comes out that I end up not needing to use that whole, great, like, perfect, (laughs) you know? But um, in case I do, then I know that I don't have to dip into my savings. I don't have to, you know, work out of uh, finance because the IRS, they are annoying. Like, I uh, last year that happened to me, and they were sending me like special mail. Like I had to go to the about uh, <laughs> uh, the the post office to pick it up, and I'm like, yo, who's looking for me like that? And I, and I, and I go, and it's a big old yeah, it's a big old letter from the IRS. And I remember one of my roommates was like, girl, you better pay it up. Like, no, they want to come get me. Like so, yeah, that's what I would. Um, those are the two things that I could definitely recommend, just off the top of my head. I'm definitely yeah. doing that. All right, we definitely got a link because I feel like I pay like. 30 to like 35 percent like when i pay my taxes i'm like i'm looking at my i'm like wait how much wait what when i pay my taxes last year yo my brain was bust i had no idea i was gonna because that was also the first time that i made more money doing contract work than i did um 
uh, I mean, all of it is contract work, but some of them take taxes out before. Mm-hmm. But I made way more money on the contract work where 1099. So mm-hmm. I owed so much fucking money. I'm mm-hmm. just like, damn. So if I if I can get down to 10, percent then I would love that. <laughs> I, would, um, I would just say because what I used to do, I used to use TurboTax uh-huh. a lot, but I would say get a person like okay. Just yeah. I know like somebody. The guy that I used last year, he was referred to me by, like, um, my financial... I have a financial advisor. So, mm-hmm. he was referred to me by him, and he saved me. Like, he cut what I would have owed in half. So, uh, I was like, look. Yes. I need that. If I had a tip, I would say definitely do your research and find out what... Um, what, what, how many of your purchases you can actually write off on your taxes? There are certain things that I do, like anytime I pay for parking, I save that, mm-hmm. write that off on my taxes. Mm-hmm. Part of my phone bill, write that off on my taxes. All gas and transportation, write that off on my taxes. Mm-hmm. It seems so, so tedious. Though. It is it tedious. It's extremely tedious. Oh, I need that. Whenever you have to go to a client or you have to go to an event, you just put book it in that one and then it okay keeps it separate mm-hmm. that's, that's really a lot though so it is is extremely lot. annoying it's better yeah. to do it now be have be tedious in I the beginning <laughs> than be stressed in the end because they're gonna get their money one way or another facts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're right you're right so i just turned 26 like two weeks ago so you know what that means Health insurance. Oh, no. (laughs) And so today I'm actually selecting which plan I need to go with. And I'm just like, yo, this is just too much. And like, now this is like a whole new expense I need to be worrying about. Mm -hmm. So how are you guys navigating? Well, if everyone in the room is over 26, 26 or Mm -hmm. over. Uh, You're 25? uh Okay, so you ain't got to worry about it yet. (laughs) I am unbothered. (laughs) You ain't worried. Okay. (sighs) What about you? I am over. Okay, I'm over 26 <laughs> and so, struggling. So how are you dealing with health insurance coverage? Do you have coverage? I like, do not have coverage. Really? No, yeah. Is it really as bad? It's as bad as people say, right? Yes. Because when yes. I, I don't know when it switched or maybe it was like the presidencies or whatever, but I was always under the impression health insurance is like 100 bucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah same. Whenever I, I say that for some reason people laugh like that and I'm like, "Wait, mm. so hundreds of dollars for I my, had no uh-huh. idea. My mom sent me the letter from her cuz I was under hers and it said that if I were to stay insured, I would need to pay $791 a yeah. month." That's about right, yeah. To right. stay on it. And I said, "Excuse me, what?" My uh-huh. rent is literally almost that. Exactly. Oh, no. Except for health jet for just in case. It, health insurance is no joke. Mm-hmm. So is that is that if you're um, employed through corporations too or just like I it didn't even matter it, it was matter? just because I was under her health insurance plan and they said when she turns 26 she's off but if you'd like to keep her she needs to pay this amount that's insane yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. that's completely like nobody can afford that exactly no, no middle class and then, person can afford uh, when that. you have the cheaper plans like you'll have like extremely high deductibles so it's just like what am I paying this for right yeah. <laughs> and then when you need your medicine you have to pay for your medicine exactly yeah. it's, it's ridiculous I've been it is such a scam. <laughs> yep. Like, it's just, it's just like, terrible. I just try to keep keep healthy as I can, you right. know, because I, I remember um, I had a really bad toothache maybe about two years ago, and I had these two teeth pulled out. That shit cost $1,700. <gasps> I'm like, to get two teeth it. pulled? Mm-hmm. 
Like, damn, I should have just went to the door and got a string or something and just, like, slammed it <laughs> oh, for 17. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. But then that makes uh. me feel for, like, our people, like, who, yeah. you know, didn't have, like, uh-huh. the insurance coverage or even worked a job where they would have benefits. Like, yeah. my parents used to, like, instill in me all the, like, when I was growing up, get a job with good benefits. I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. Now, you're right. Soon, now I'm like, oh, yes, I need a job with benefits. And that's really what's stopping me from making that transition into being, like, a contractor uh-huh. freelancer. Because uh, I love the freedom, but I am so scared of instability. Yes. And I am so scared of not knowing when my next paycheck, when it's going to I mean, come, that's, where it doesn't come. matter. They could fire you today. So that's, You're instability right. is oh, yeah. life. Uh-huh. Yeah. So right. it's about how you want to choose your instability, whether you want to choose it day to day or you want to choose it not knowing when it's going to happen. Yeah. But I, that's always my counterpoint when people are like, wow, I can never do that. I like stability. I'm just like, oh, you, you think... They won't let you go. <laughs> you think that when budget cuts come, they're like, yeah. oh, well. Right. Uh-huh. And they don't give you no notice. And they don't. And that whole family shit gets thrown right on out the window. <laughs> it's like, listen, we really tried, but you yeah. know, mm, sorry. And then, then what you're going to do? So I just feel like in terms of stability, it's all about having a plan, whether you work corporate, because yeah. I've done both. Mm-hmm. It's whether you work corporate, whether you work contract, whether you work freelance. It's all about being strategic and about looking at the big picture. So if you're working corporate, you should be looking at the big picture like I want to be here for X amount of years or I want to um, get a raise at, at this percentage. Always have a plan because mm-hmm. you're only going to go as hard for you as you're going to go. Right. Like these mm-hmm. people are not here for you. These people are not here for your best interest. So you can't go in there thinking like, oh, they would never do that to me because they will do mm-hmm. that to you again and again and again. And if you don't stick up for yourself and you don't, speak your mind they're gonna keep running all over you so i feel like that's working with as a contractor and you're looking at outside people coming Mm -hmm. in and then if you're in corporate making sure you have your five-year plan your three-year plan and you're understanding like life is unstable and you can't plan for everything but at least if you have plan a b and c when things hit the fan you're like i i'm not stressed because i already was two steps ahead three steps ahead I, I planned for this. So I always let people know that when they're like scared to do it, it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I would rather, I love my corporate friends because they hold me all the way down when I need something, when I'm like, yo, I need a client to come in. I hit you up. Like I, I need both type of friends. And then yes. if they need something for me and they need me to work an event, I can pick up and be like, yes, I can do it. It's not like, oh shit, I got to take off or oh, I, I can't do it. So I think, you have to do what works for you and what makes you happy. She's happy. Yeah. So you shouldn't feel pressure to do anything. I know. She, Facts. She tells me I told you that exact thing on the text. You don't owe anybody anything. Sure if you're happy, you go to work every day with a smile, you come home with a smile, I why do. add yourself more stress trying to prove something to somebody else? Exactly. Because exactly. they're not going to try to prove anything to you. Right. So I just feel like everybody has to do what works for them, what keeps them healthy, what keeps them happy. And just support other people in their journeys. Mm-hmm. If you're a contractor, support your corporate friend. And mm-hmm. if you're a corporate friend and you see your friend is stressed out, be like, I don't understand exactly what you're going through, but you can vent to me. I think yeah. it's all uh-huh. about being supportive of everybody else's journey and respectful of how they choose to do what they choose to do. Yeah. Mm, that's beautiful. And I think that's beautiful advice on both parts. Um, so what advice um, for the freelancers in the room would you give to someone who's looking to start in that kind of path? I would say, I mean, honestly, not even because, like, I'm in finance, I write finance or anything. I just say, one, be financially prepared. Two, go out, network. Like, you cannot cannot (laughs) secure gigs in the house. You cannot secure gigs writing emails. Like, you literally, like... 
you just cannot do it. You cannot make friends, you know, just sending messages on LinkedIn. Like, I remember at one point, when I, especially when I graduated from school, um, from grad school, I was kind of struggling to find a, a job. And I, I think I got, like, depressed about it at one point. Like, mm. I just started... Um, I was literally up like once I ate once a day and I was just boxing. That was the only time I went out the house. I went to boxing. And so one day it just hit me like, girl, go out. Like, I, just, I don't know what happened. Like, I think because I was just like, I got down on myself for yeah. a second and I forgot like everything I had learned. Like, mm-hmm. go go to some mixers, look up, see whatever it is in your industry. Um, see what's going on. See who's having a mixer. See who can you, you can reach out to. Like, so if I'm in media and I don't know anything, I look for people who's well connected. Hey, Simone, can you connect me or can you let me know when you're having another mixer, another event? Hey, Paula, can you do the same? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So those are the two biggest things that I would stress. Like, look, have your money right just in case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then go out. Can like, I actually yeah. add to you? I'm not a freelancer, mm-hmm. obviously, but what you said is so relevant because I remember about a year ago, I, I like go to events and stuff, but mm-hmm. for me, it was always just to meet more people in New York, and there was never any kind of motive behind it. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to my friend Samaria, shout out to Samaria, and I was like, I feel like whenever I go to these happy hours or whatever, everyone is on their A game. And it's mm-hmm. like they have their elevator pitch, they have all these things they're working on, and I'm just here like, Hi, Hi. Paula from Arizona. <laughs> Want to be my friend? <laughs> and what she told me, to your point, was, Yes, but your job is from nine to five and then you're done and you're off and your brain is like social. Mm -hmm. A freelancer's job is from five to nine Mm a.m. because Mm -hmm. you're trying to get to, you know, people who may have been at work all day or whatever. And that's your time to really network and build Mm -hmm. and do those things. And so she she made me feel better about myself because that wasn't my motive. But I was like, what's wrong with me? All these Mm -hmm. people want to talk about business and it, it made it makes sense. But for you. Like, that really is your job, to put yeah. yourself out there, you know, and go to these events and make sure you're meeting those people. So I'm not a freelancer, but <laughs> I get what you're saying uh-huh. now because before uh-huh. it didn't click for me. Yes. But it yeah. really is, like, that is when your job may start. Mm-hmm. And then one last thing I guess I would say, and it's something that I kind of went through, like, struggling with, um, and we kind of talked about it a little bit, but, like, especially if you're freelancing, I think it's really important to, like, promote yourself, mm-hmm. um, especially, yeah. like, on social media, just because mm-hmm. a lot of opportunities now seem to come from social media, mm-hmm. even though it is, like, saturated with a lot of BS and people, like, you know, hyping themselves, but still, a lot of people get a lot of things via social media, like, things go down in the DMs, like, money goes down in the DMs, mm-hmm. so, like, you know, I would say that, and that's something I'm learning now, because I've never been, like, what I call, like, a, 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 a like, you know, social media thought, like, I just be <laughs> Like, I, just, like, I post like once a year sometimes I'm getting better at it because it was just never in my nature but if you're a freelancer especially in addition to going out promote yourself heavily as much mm-hmm. as you can on social media on LinkedIn on Twitter on Facebook whatever medium you're most comfortable with or you feel like people will see you definitely yeah. um, going back to networking networking is definitely the number one thing I, I say you should do as a freelancer because like like Simone said earlier like how she was complimenting me about how I worked the room that's something I had to learn Mm -hmm. because naturally I'm a shy quiet person and I will sit at home or I'll just sit in the corner you wouldn't guess that right Mm -hmm. but it took me like realizing like seeing other people move and seeing other people like like touch everybody and just like connecting with everyone I'm just like wow and then like a week later they're just like oh I met with this person they did this I'm like damn I gotta start talking to people so now I'm like 
like getting getting more comfortable with with working a room and talking to people and genuinely connecting with people and not just walking up to them with with intent or with mm-hmm. purpose just like yo like i like your vibe right. what do you do like let's see if we could like build or connect or something maybe you know somebody or maybe i know somebody that can help each other and stuff like mm-hmm. that so definitely networking getting out there there are so many events and so many places and so many mixers out there where you can actually meet people actually i have i'm doing like a mixer on thursday i invited simone and paula already but everyone in the room is invited to join mm-hmm. i'll give you guys the details off the air um but making sure that you connect with people and also making sure that you're as genuine and like as friendly as possible because people remember a lot of things about you mm-hmm. and like you might have a bad day one day and that might be the one thing that they remember like yeah she snapped at me that one time or she didn't have a good attitude or whatever mm-hmm. especially in a production world there are so many people who want to be in that field and a lot of people they ask me they're like why do you succeed because like there's a position as pa and then there's key pa who's in charge of all the other pas um pretty much all the jobs that i do now i'm a key pa and i get there in a short amount of time and they ask me like why how did you get there so fast i'm like because i'm genuinely appreciative of the people who put mm-hmm. me on and when i when i go there i do work like a lot of people they complain like oh they want me to do this they want me to do that you're a pa your do job right. is to Just do the do things it. that they don't right. want to do yeah, that's yeah. what you get paid for do it do it with a smile yeah um because you have to start somewhere exactly yeah. like when i, I had and devon franklin on the yeah. last episode exactly. he was saying how this is an apprenticeship business uh-huh. like you are only going to get to the top by serving the people around yeah. you and i think too many of our peers are on some now nah, i want to get to the top i want quick money i want quick access you exactly so not really doing the work and putting in that yeah. time. it doesn't work like that and you have to grind for like a long period of time and that'll be the last piece of advice like get ready for a grind because the first year was not glorious the second year was not glorious the third year mm-hmm. i'm getting in my third year of working in production now and now i'm starting to see the fruits of my labor mm-hmm. you know so get ready it's going to take a lot of patience yeah. but you just got to stick with it and just network make sure you're being genuine and just be sure that you're ready for the grind right. yeah. um i would say two most important things for me is doing your research and having good business practices mm-hmm. so whatever industry you want to get into research that industry as though you were back in school figure out you know for me, it was like, okay, so if this is what I want to do, these are the skills that I'm going to need to have. I'm going to need to have contacts. I'm going to need to know how to write really well. So I need to read more in order to have better writing. I need to take a couple of courses to increase my writing. I need to um, make sure I'm doing my research of what contacts work where. Um, if I want to meet that specific contact, follow them on Instagram, put my post notifications on when they're having a panel, go there and make sure my goal is to meet that person, introduce myself, be intentional about the things that I do. And then when it comes to my business, I don't do things by, Oh, the, we're going to see how it goes. Like, okay, I have processes like, okay, you want, you want my services consultation. You can schedule a consultation. Okay. Fill out this form before the consultation. Okay. Here's the, you want to, come on to, to have services with me. Here's your contract. Make sure you sign your contract. Um, make sure I have my lawyer look at it. Make sure um, you can pay via, P- pay via PayPal. Make sure I send invoices. All those things make people take you seriously, mm-hmm. that you're running a business. You're not just here hustling for the, the, the sake of hustling. Mm-hmm. You have systems put in place so then people have to respect you and be like, you know what, I got to come correct when I come to Tequila because I know that if I come to her with some half brain scheme, she's going to be like, sorry, Next. that's not my level. And sometimes you have to like weed out the people who aren't serious because they're going to be associated with you and you're going to be associated with them. Mm-hmm. So it's just like always having that mindset where – okay, I'm running a business. So it's like 
favors mm, can't really do just favors like it's about business it's about this is my money it's about if you say you're gonna pay on a certain date there's a late fee because you didn't pay so it's like I feel like a lot of times people want to help their friends and they want to do certain things but it's like when you go to Macy's and you're like okay I want to buy this you're not like oh can I like I want to buy this shirt but can I like pay you a little bit right now and then can I like pay they're like sis get off the line next like right. no you have to run your business and 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 make sure that you're holding yourself to a specific standard because those are the businesses that have longevity and end and I feel like a lot of people get into entrepreneurship for the fun of like I want to be my own boss mm-hmm. and I want to make my own hours and I want which is great um, but your own hours might be 3 a.m. in the morning while your friends are asleep or your friends are like come out with me and you're like I got three proposals to get out, so I can't do that. So it's not all fun and games, and it's not all, like, glamour and fun and and doing all that. It's really, like, buckling down and and doing what you got to do, but it's so rewarding when you can look at your work and say, I did that. Um, So it's just really about doing your research, handling your business, promoting yourself and networking, and just doing the work because a lot of of businesses fail because people don't want to do the work. They want to just say, I have a business, I have an LLC, I have a trademark, but then it's just like, okay, now what? Like, you got to do the work because all the businesses you admire, they're businesses you admire because they did the work and you didn't see that ugly part. You mm-hmm. only saw the good part. So mm-hmm. work through that ugly part and you'll get to the good part. Yeah. Nice. Yep. That's all amazing advice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so Paula, so for anyone who's looking to get into corporate, what advice would you share with them? So my advice would be obviously to work hard, you know, reach out, do those things. But for me, I make it a point to continuously be grateful um, because I think it's easy to get stuck into the routine of the day to day. And then when you're complaining about stuff that maybe you like deserve to be complaining about because it's a grievance or whatever, I always just remember like Paula from five years ago looking at me now like how the hell Mm -hmm. and where are you and how did you do all this stuff and I think just like day to day obviously it gets easy to be caught up in like oh I was because I legitimately was working so late last night and then I had to come in early this morning and it's like yeah I didn't get enough sleep and yeah it was daylight savings and yeah I woke up on the wrong side of the bed but then you go to work and if you genuinely like what you do and you look back at how far you've come from the goals that you had when you were little. Like, I didn't grow up in New York. New York was not a possibility. I put it on my dream wall and my dad was like, uh-huh, good luck, <laughs> you know, because it's so crazy. Yeah. But even just being here, freelance or not, corporate or not, like if you have uprooted your life to move to this place, that's already a dream that your kid self would be dying over. Right. And then going to a job, whether you're completely in love or not, but the fact that you got a job in New York is already another thing that you're it's like do the work all the typical things that people say but it's so easy to be caught up in like your own problems like sometimes I'll call my friends in Arizona like oh like my boss didn't bring me to the Grammys I'm so sad and she's like (laughs) champagne problems like I'm in Arizona (laughs) and it's just like having perspective like I'm gonna work 20 times as hard next year so that I get to go, you know? And and it's just that kind of stuff. Like, it's easy to get caught up in your day-to-day regardless of whether you're freelance or corporate and want to get upset about things. But whether it's valid or not, and most of the time I feel like my grievances are valid, but you still have to, at the end of the day, 
feel incredibly grateful mm-hmm. and that's what like keeps me going mm-hmm. 100% yeah. I'm just practicing gratitude every day yeah I feel the same way yeah. and I love what you said about you know like Paula five years ago because I think about that often with all me. the time like, there are so many moments where I'm like I was back at home in Albany just looking at the same people that like I'm connected with now or yeah work with now or rub shoulders with now like oh that seems so cool I wish I was doing that and I'm here now doing those same things so I, I think for me what really inspired me was the distance between where I, I am and where I want it to be mm-hmm. and that's what I'm always constantly going after um and I think so I think the advice that I would give to someone who's looking to work in corporate is there is so much power in following up and connecting yeah like we don't talk enough about once you you network how are you building that relationship yeah true you know like there it makes all the world of the difference when you're going in for an interview and you follow up with a a thank you note or all the world of a difference when you just meet someone for lunch or coffee you're like thanks so much for connecting Mm -hmm. would love to stay in touch whatever so doing those things and also um kind of like i don't want to say constantly pitching yourself but always positioning yourself as an expert in what you do yeah and even Mm -hmm. if you aren't an expert in that on the sidelines do whatever you can to make sure that you are educating yourself yeah on what you need to be doing or what excuse me or what's expected of you like much of what you were saying tequila about like the skill set like for me the job that i have now before coming into it i have no marketing degree Mm -hmm. i have a degree in public relations Mm -hmm. and but i knew that they're very similar but different paths but I looked at the the job description I saw the skills I was like you know what I don't have that yet but I'm going to take these courses on Google Analytics Mm -hmm. got myself Google Analytics certified literally like two days before my interview so that way when I went into the interview I could speak knowledgeably about it and I think that a lot of the time people are looking to get into corporate or looking to get into that nine to five life for the stability but they're not thinking about the the things that they need to be doing to sustain yeah so it's like you get your foot in the door now what right and it's and not to say that wherever you're at people aren't going to teach you what you need to know but come ready to learn come with an open mind and come prepared so that way you can always be one step ahead Mm -hmm. of your your teammates or your supervisors Mm. yes I, literally, oh, I like. Man. I love this conversation. That was like, a I word. Like, Thank you. <laughs> that was a word. I love it. Thank you. I we could talk about this for hours. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, definitely. Yes, you we can. All have been so amazing. <laughs> like, Please. thank you so much for coming and sharing your experiences mm. here. You know, uh, let's just do one more go around of you know where people can find you on social. I don't think we did that before. Oh, yeah. oh no, we didn't. Cool. <laughs> well. You can find me on Instagram at Kedy, K-E-E-D-Y dot Paula, P-A-U-L-A. And it's the same on Twitter and on Facebook if you guys use Facebook. I love Facebook because all my old <laughs> teachers are on Facebook. And we'll just laugh at the same, like, dad jokes. <laughs> but, yeah, it's Kedy dot Paula on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can find me on Instagram, tequila.white, two L's. Um, tequila White PR on Instagram, tequilawhitepr.com. Um, and I think that's everything. And then on Twitter, same thing. Okay. Also, I lied. There's no dot. It's just Kitty Paula. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at for you from temp f o r y o u f o r m t e m p. Um, you guys can follow my podcast at Let It Off Pod, and um, I'm on Facebook, but I probably won't accept you because I'm barely on there. <laughs> um, and I'm not on Twitter either. So just follow me on Instagram. 
You guys can check me out on Instagram at Tasha Sarah, T-A-S-H-A-S-A-R-A. And my financial animation series, Share TV, Shares TV, at Shares TV, like Shares, S-H-A-R-E-S. Also on YouTube, Shares TV Animation, our first episode, Did Your Parents Have McDonald's Money? Drop. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. They sure I wrote it. They weren't. Mine didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote it. I produced it. I designed it. It's dope. It's for the culture. You know, it can only get better. So, and as y'all know you can follow me on instagram via dot simone twitter via simone underscore and don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast on apple Podcasts as well as soundcloud um you can follow us obviously at bonnets and durags a pillow talk podcast but follow us on social media too on instagram twitter and facebook all under bonnets durags no and b-o-n-n-e-t-s d-u-r-a-g-s and until next time Stay tuned, and I'll catch you on the next episode. See you. Bye. Later. Bye. Laters.